Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik. I'm co-founder of Finance and Solutions, and Finance Solutions provides very easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses. We've been doing it for 12 years, and I will be your host for the Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about a line of credit for your business, uh, which I would highly recommend over, you know, uh, 25 plus years of me being in business, I've almost always had a line of credit. I really believe in it. Um, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, it's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. Like most entrepreneurs, I love learning from business, uh, from people with business experience. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with uh, Tim Lipinacci from Baker and Donaldson. In today's dangerous, uh, so, and just, uh, we have a sponsor now and, um, you know, in today's really kind of dangerous uh, world, uh, cybersecurity has become such a big deal and, you know, it's really not a nice to have anymore. It's a, something that's a must have. And so if you're really having any issues with cybersecurity, if you don't even have a plan, you know, take a look at a, a technology management group or TMG. They've been doing it for 30 years. And if you have just have a question or whatever, you can go to them and they'll they'll help you with it and you know potentially help you in the long run. Uh, their uh, their website is cyberctrl.net. Again, that's cyberctrl.net. Joining us joining us today is Tim um, uh, Lipinacci. He's the CEO and chair of Baker Donaldson, where he leads over. 1,300 individuals and 22 offices across the southeastern United States. Tim is presently leading the firm's five-year Baker Vision 2028 strategy and its diversity and inclusion compact. A lifelong leadership student, Tim recently launched a nonprofit called Everybody Leads, focusing on and empowering, I should say, individuals in underserved communities with basic leadership skills and confidence to better lead themselves lead others, and lead in the community. Tim, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Great, Stephen. It's great to meet you. I'm really honored to be here. And just to uh, plug what you were talking about, the sponsor uh, about cybersecurity, that is something so vital to every business, regardless of size. And we see it as well. So uh, I could not agree more that that is something everyone needs to uh, look at because it's it's such the reality of what we're living in. Well, listen, uh, I think it was eight years ago uh, with Financing Solutions. I have a business partner. I have three companies right now, but uh, Financing Solutions, I have a, a well, I, I have two of my companies that have business partners. And um, uh, maybe eight years ago, we got um, our Google files got, 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 they got into them and they, um, they, they, we had ransomware on it. Yeah. Now, luckily we were backing everything up and so we were able to pull it back off. But, uh, you know, you never know how important it is until you, you've, you really have a, right. a real problem, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. So today's uh, podcast, Courage, Leadership, and Volatile Times, Key Leadership Traits to Drive. You know, 
I've been hearing a lot about vol- these are volatile times. These are volatile times, right? And and I don't know. I I think it's always been a volatile time, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, like I'm I'm rewatching the series Mad Men, right? Because right. I, I I a lot of times get something out of things when I've watched them a second time or whatever. It's a long series. <laughs> and uh you know there is always something that's going on you know mad men is what most people don't know about the the series of mad men it's it's a uh uh is it called an anthology it's it's all about history it's right. there's all history it's a, you know going through all the seasons from the JFK being shot to his brother getting shot to the Vietnam War to women's lib to uh, uh, the change from the Beatles to I'm, I'm sorry the change of the big band sound to the Beatles yeah. it, it, it's all this volatility that's going on but do you think it's exasperated even more? Well, you know, it's it's a great question, Stephen, because it's funny. I've I've been the CEO and chair for four and a half years, and so I came in, you know, about a year, uh, eight months uh, to the seat um, uh, before COVID, right? And so, and we had uh, we had a six month transition, and in the middle of that transition, we had one of our worst fiscal years ever. So I'm now coming into the role uh, where we'd had some stagnant performance, and then a down year. That was pretty volatile to me, right? Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, pre-pandemic. Yeah. I, so I think um, I think you're right that it's um, – uh, and then, of course, pandemic, uh, because we didn't have a playbook for that and everyone – all the uncertainty, uh, it certainly felt exasperated, uh, exacerbated. Um, but, you know, I think you make a good point. The one thing at least it feels like to um, – and I feel like our, our leaders that in our in our organization, I hear from them, is just, just the acceleration and the hyper-focus yes. on everything. It doesn't maybe make it more volatile, but it's just coming faster and faster. Um, that ends up where the whole idea of like we're stressed, the mental health and wellness, and we're not even having time to step back and breathe. Um, so I, I agree with you, Steve, with the premise that it's always volatile. I mean, um, it's always uncertain, um, but uh, it's. I think it feels like it's accelerated a little bit more. Well, and I think that's what we all have to get used to is the idea right. that it's, it is now it's, it's not just change is going to happen and it's going to come at you much faster. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, right. I used, uh, I don't know if I, where I heard it, read it. Someone told me, you know, um, uh, change happens whether you want it or not, you know, right. it's just, it's just gonna, it's gonna come. So I think as a business leader, you know, you, you, this is, you gotta know, Okay, you got to know these are the things that are going to happen. You are going to have to go through a recession. You are going right. to have to go through a recession, a major recession. We haven't had a major recession in quite some time, just so, and we're not in a recession now, just so everybody knows. Recession is a negative GDP. Okay, it doesn't mean things slow down. Okay, it means it's right. a negative GDP, which is means it's going in reverse. Okay. Um, but anyway, you, there's things that you know are going to come. And uh, if you're, if you're, I'm 58. So if you're old, I'm the same age, yeah, same yeah. age. Yeah. So you, you kind of been through it before there's the pandemic. I would agree with you, Tim, in that the pandemic that was out of the, that was, unless you're Bill Gates, right? right. Cause Bill right. Gates had been working on that idea yeah. and that every hundred years you're going to have a pandemic right. and boy, he was right on. Right. Right. So I think that's an aberration that 
was not going to happen in our, my our lifetime again, probably. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and it's interesting you said that because one thing you said reminded me. You know, um, for, for some of us as leaders, because I think it is, it's always going to be volatile. It's going to be uncertain. Is just the awareness of it because I've, I've, I was listening to someone uh, in the last couple of weeks talking about that when we are in this hyper accelerated situation and we feel like um, we're not taking time for ourselves to, um, to to step back for a little bit, that then a lot of the little uh, cracks show up in our armor as leaders. Maybe we yep. don't listen as well. Uh, we are a little shorter with people. Uh, we're not as creative in our thinking. Um, uh, maybe we become more uh, critical of others, uh, our, our empathy lap lapses. So I think that was eye-opening for me because I'd noticed, um, uh, you know, micro you micromanage more because you feel like you don't have as much control. Um, and I felt like I was starting to uh, ease into those type of behaviors that really I don't, um, I've not really had before. And it was like, oh, well, maybe it's just because it's this stress that I'm under and the tension and I'm not doing enough of what I like to call my daily disciplines of, you know, running and reading and having some thought time and all of that. Um, so it's really, I think as a leader in the, in no matter what time you're in, um, it's really just being aware uh, of yourself yeah. and everything. I, you know, it's interesting. So I do two podcasts for our listeners. Don't know this. Um, I do two, I do the entrepreneur MBA podcast, <clears throat> and I do the nonprofit MBA podcast, which are geared toward nonprofits. And at the end of every single podcast that I do for the nonprofit MBA podcast, I tell the executive directors this. I say, you guys are out there trying to save the world, and I thank you for that, right? And I just, just want to remind you that you can't help anybody else. You can't help your employees. You can't help your cause. You can't help your kids. You can't help your significant other if you don't take care of yourself first. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what you're saying right now. Now, listen, I've always been amazing at taking good care of myself. I mean, I exercise every day. I always have. I'm, you know, I always do um, uh, a good job of mental health uh, on, yeah. on in other areas. Um, and uh, it's, I, I would tell you the things that I've had to survive in not just business, but more recently in my personal life, which was, um, a, I had a tragedy that happened. Um, mm -hmm. the, uh, if I was not as physically fit mentally and physically, I would have broken, right. you know? And so I, you know, this is a discussion about leadership, right? And yeah. I think, Tim, what you and I are uh, embarking on talking about a little bit here is with all this change coming, you better be physically and mentally ready for it. I totally agree. And that's why, like, I, 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 again, I call it my daily disciplines. It includes like eating well and getting enough yeah. sleep. And, uh, uh, you know, I try to do... Um, uh, I've, I've got some friends who um, are, are, are Jewish and they, they practice Sabbath every week. And I really started investigating that. So I try to, for 24 hours, shut down from electronics. And I don't, I don't do it necessarily the uh, Friday night to Saturday night like a lot of my colleagues do. But I, I, it works for me Saturday night to Sunday night to try to decompress, get away from everything. And not everyone can do that all the time. I don't do it 100% yeah. of the time. But those are the type of things I need to be my best for our people. They're looking to me to lead. Um, and, uh, you're right. It's all about, um, uh, that is a significant part of leadership is leading yourself and knowing how you can show up, um, energized, innovative leading. I mean, even what you were talking about, it's in these times of uncertainty when there's so much opportunity for companies, right. To 
outperform the market, but you got to be ready to do that. So I totally and, agree and, with what you're saying. Yeah. And leadership is more important than it ever was. And, you know, and, and this leads me into uh, something I was thinking before I was at, um, I want to, I want to articulate this without offending anybody. Um, I was, uh, so I do competitive rowing, right. And yeah. in my club, there's 70 people in my club and there's a few people in their, uh, seventies, um, uh, who row amazing shape. And, but they were all talking about, um, their concerns with, uh, 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 transgenders, or wait, 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 it was men who are, who are biologically men rowing in a women's race and vice versa. And I, I was just listening and uh, I did end up saying something to them about it, but I realized, wow, they're in, you know, they're, they're in their seventies, you know, this is a lot to handle, right? And they need to, and, and, and so I'm bringing this back to leadership. Because you might be taking good care of yourself and you might be good physically and mentally, but there's people who are working for you that can't handle this. Right. Right. Yeah. And right. we need to be able to be compassionate toward their ideas um, instead of getting angry at them and trying to understand them. I mean, I would admit, I, I did come back at them and, and I said, listen, I go, does it, is it really going to affect you? Mm. You know, these people are, uh, who have these, uh, you know, these, the, they're struggling. They're struggling. Okay. And they're trying to find an identity and, and, and they're maybe they've, I'm sure they're happier. Um, and does it make a difference that they're going to be in a race? Is it really going to cause oh, they're not in the Olympics. Okay. And I think that changed your perception a little bit, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that was yeah. leadership, but. Well, no, I think, I think, you know, there's so many things to unpack from what you just said, Stephen, because it is true. I mean, I think, um, listening and being empathetic and, um, and not just jumping to a conclusion is good. I always talk about when it comes to anything around diversity, inclusion, belonging, LGBTQ plus, everyone's on a different part of their journey, right? You've, we all come from different backgrounds. I lived in Guadalajara, Mexico when I was growing up. Um, and so I lived in a different culture uh, was, uh, and I really was benefited by it. Others maybe haven't. And I always just encourage everyone, um, no matter where you are in your journey, just try to take a couple steps of understanding. Be curious, ask questions. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but I think that is leadership about the listening um, and trying to grow. And I've grown a lot by getting to know individuals who have different paths and journeys than me. Um, so I do think that's important. The other thing that you mentioned, Stephen, which I think is important for leaders is, is to uh, model what you're uh, talking about. You know, as you said, you and I really devoted uh, about know the importance of taking care of our health and our mind and mentally, physically, um, and, and, and all those ways. Well, talk about it. Encourage your colleagues um, to, um, you know, take vacations. And it's okay if you need to leave early someday. Um, I know I have a problem where I feel guilty if I'm somebody sees me walking out. I'm not giving my all to the company. Well, I've got to show that, you know, I'm giving my all while I'm here, but there are times I need to have uh, time off. Uh, you know, I talk very openly about the fact I talk to a, uh, you know, a counselor every six weeks or so just to check in and have a safe space that I can process things and talk about it. And just talking about mental health and wellness. Now, 
you may have individuals who are in a place they need help and you need to provide for them. You need to be empathetic. We try to provide resources to connect folks to, um, you know, uh, resources, vendors on mental health and wellness and, and counselors. And, but, um, but I think it's the modeling of it is pretty important too. So um, there's a lot you unpacked in that one little story. But, yeah. Oh. How, how has your leadership style changed over the years? Yeah. Um, you know, for, first of it was, I, 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 I mean, I, thinking and realizing I was a leader was one thing. I mean, I had a mentor who spoke into me when I was a young lawyer um, that, that uh, the reason he was aggravated about how I had dropped the ball on a couple of things is I really wasn't stepping up as a leader to own the project. I was looking at it very transactionally. So a very important inflection point to me was just knowing, realizing, okay, I'm a leader, so I need to do something about this. I need to get better at it. Um, and then I think um, uh, I think I went through a phase where I really felt like leadership meant that I had to know all the answers and I had to get everything right and I had to just keep driving forward. And I've really learned over time that um, I, I don't know everything. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but as I listen, as I commit myself to grow and learn and be curious um, have more of like an inclusive uh, leadership style, more of an empathetic style. Recognize I got to make the tough decisions. I got to be decisive. I have to lead. I have to be in front. And if I make mistakes, I have to acknowledge it. But I think trying to um, trying to move beyond thinking I needed to you know direct how everything happened because I now had a title. It was really more how can I get everyone to come along and work together as a team. So those are a couple of things that I've really learned through trial and error for sure. Yeah, um, and I think that's what leadership is. I think when you okay, how old were you when you were in some type of leadership position? Gosh, the first like an official title probably didn't happen until my thirties. I mean, yeah. I probably had some some clubs in college and. Um, and I had a small team I was leading, you know, in, in, in the firm when I would, but, um, but it's probably been, it was probably my 30. So 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, to, to make the correlation, this is a long time ago. I, I forget it was, it was, if it was a teacher or super, uh, a principal at a school or, or somebody who said the way kids have to learn if they, it is, they have to try something on and they see if it, if they, if it matches them. And then if it doesn't, then they don't do it again. But if it does, then they'll do it again. And, um, and so I think leadership is a little bit like that. You maybe you read about Abraham Lincoln or you read right. something about someone that you're fa that, that's famous and you say, oh, well, that's leadership. And then you try it and you say, oh, that fits or that doesn't. And, and I think right. you start off that way. And right. I think, you know, Having the luxury, I think at some point in your career, again, this podcast is geared toward entrepreneurs that are under $10 million in sales and revenue. So, you know, a lot of them are 2 million, 3 million in revenue. They want to get over the $10 million mark. That's the goal of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't get to start working on leadership actively until your, your, your organization is starting to really, really run a little bit more on its own. Because then you carve out this time and you say, oh, okay, now oh, I've done all the hard work. Now I can start focusing on the bigger picture, which is how do I lead this organization, right? And yeah. and, um, and I did you find the same thing happen to you? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Because now you get a title, but what does that mean, right? If you haven't, you know, um, uh, now uh, I definitely um, used opportunities to try to invest in myself. Um, certainly by reading books, uh, yeah. somebody, 
I, I heard, um, uh, although books, book smart is, is one thing, but as you said earlier, it's all about the execution and putting it into practice, but at least that gives you some ideas about it. And there have been some books that have been influential, but one thing that somebody mentioned early on when I was in a leadership role was um, like the use of your downtime. What are you using your time for? And like even driving in the car, I had about a 30 minute commute each way and I'm listening to sports radio or listening to the news. And they said, well, what if you're listening? What if you listen to nowadays you do podcasts on leadership or books on tape or books on audio, whatever, audible. Um, that's like a, a university in your car, right? My Camry became like, I'm learning leadership by just listening. And now I can apply those ideas. And invariably, I know you know this, Stephen, if you're dealing with a real important issue that you're really struggling with, you know, if you're reading something, sometimes something clicks, right? Because you're now thinking about it and somebody has a different idea. So I definitely think for those leaders that are new in the role, it's um, it really is to just invest in yourself and keep learning and growing. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, and talking to other leaders who have gone before you, like uh, that's another thing. Set up calls, tell someone you'll give them, you know, $100 to their favorite charity for an hour of their time just to pick their brain about something who's a, already an established leader. I did that occasionally. Um, so anyway, those are some th- some things I did yeah, early I mean, I on. Think, I do think there's some things that were that I did that were um, very very helpful for leadership. Number one is I had a mentor for 25 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, number two, um, I had a support group of nine other business owners, and mm-hmm. we're still together for 25 years. So that's awesome. You know that you need that um, because honestly, you know. There's a lot of people who just, they're just, they might be your friends. It could be your significant other. They really don't, under, they may not understand what it's like to be in your shoes. Um, right. You know, I, so, so it's good to have people who, who, who are in your profession um, and in your position. And, and so, you know, I, like you, I, when I started moving into, more uh, the ability to start working more on leadership. I read lots of books, right? And and I started thinking a lot more about it. And I went to some lectures, you know. And like you said, now the podcast, it's it's so much easier. And and I think the fact of you just saying, what type of leader am I now? What type of leader do I want to be? And where, 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 you know, what's the gap and how do I bridge that gap? Exactly. Um, I think that's the kind of the important part. Well, it's almost like your plan, right? I mean, you, yeah. you come up with the right. You, uh, what's your intentional plan to get from here to there, the leader you want to be and um, you aspire to be. And then uh, if you have some blind spots or have some gaps or blind spots that others have called into you or you have gaps, okay, what are you going to do about it? Right. I mean, how are you going to get better at that? Like I know, one of the areas I have been challenged with um, uh, as I've grown as a leader is I, I really like people to like me, right? I like people generally. And so sometimes that flies in the face of having to make some hard decisions. And um, and so I know I still get feedback about, um, you know, I could do better at trying to become more decisive. And so I just have to be mindful of it. But then uh, I have to do that. Now, again, I always, I'm still always going to be the person who wants a lot of feedback, but then I have to go ahead and make the call and do it and not let it languish. And so... Um, I work on it every day, but it's something that then I read a little bit more about, you know, some of that decisiveness and um, the, uh, uh, having tough conversations, you know, and um, th- that's kind of helping me with that. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you, Stephen. You know, think yeah, about it, identify ex- it and get a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an example of mine, too. Um, so, 
my second company grew really fast. It was really good. And um, I was young. I was 33. Um, and I really hadn't been in a leadership role before. And I really found, I really found that I was treating my employees terribly. I was losing my temper all the time. And I, I finally, you know, went to see a psychologist and I said, you know, I said, I said, I feel like I treat my employees terrible. And, um, and I'm by nature, a really good person. I mean, I, maybe everybody thinks that I just, you know, I, um, but I'm very driven and right. that's the problem that a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> yes. have you or successful, ambitious, let's say ambitious people, not successful. They are very driven and they don't know why anybody else isn't right. <laughs> you know, Guil- and guilty. It, I'm guilty. Yeah, yeah. We all are. So, and I, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't good at articulating, uh, any type of, uh, of that. And so I went to see a psychologist and I went in there and it was, it's a kind of a funny story. So I go in there and I tell her, I'm, you know, I, I don't like the way I'm treating my employees and I feel like I'm getting angry the time, all the time. And this is like well before anybody started using, there's no such thing as a coach. There's no right. such, you know, very few people use psychologists to help you yes. with your work. Right. Which yeah, is nowadays, right. I think that's the future of workplace. But, um, and so, you know, she has this, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm very muscular, tall. And, and so she, you know, she has this camera that's pointed right on me and, you know, she's like, you know, she's worried that I'm going to be, beat the crap out of her, you know, <laughs> I get angry. Right. Um, but anyway, um, so six months of, of a therapy, I don't know, maybe it was four months and what she, what I learned out of that was she taught me, her job was to, <laughs> announced it to me, her job was to get me angry and frustrated. And then what happened was I saw the correlation between how dumb I got. Uh. Because I would get so angry, I couldn't think of anything other than being angry. And, um, and that automatically... I started, when I started going to work, whenever I felt I was getting angry at work or frustrated, I, I, I would, I, I would say a trigger. I would say, yeah. let me think about it. Mm. Let me, like I, someone would be talking to me, I'd be getting angry. I'd be like, and I'd be like, let me think about it, you know? And it gave me time to cool down. Right. And it, yeah. it's worked. And now it's second nature for me not to lose my temper. Right. But I yeah. love that. Yeah, I love that having that trigger because, and that's that. That to me is the biggest one of the biggest things about leadership is being self aware and recognizing those triggers um, that that you need to then take that pause. Let me think yeah. about it. I love that. That's really wise. I mean, I don't know about yeah. you, but I I found too um, that because I'm 58 now, my testosterone my testosterone level isn't as high as it used to be. And that's helped like me making better decisions in that I'm a little bit more patient. I listen better. Do you, do you find that too, that age has helped? Well, it definitely has helped in the wisdom of knowing mistakes I've made before by jumping the gun or, or 
thinking I know what that person's trying to, you know, get across or, or thinking I'm putting myself in their mind. I'm, I'm, I've tried, I think I'm wiser now from, from the battle scars to, to be more patient and listen. Um, and I think the flip of it too, is I've with, with the aging, um, I need, it's, it's become even more important that I'm doing the exercising and the eating well and the sleeping well, because I need that energy. And it's like, I don't bounce back quite as as fast if I'm not doing that. So yeah. um, I totally agree with you. How, how about this? Um, this is, a, this is a, a, a big, you know, change <laughs> in what we're talking to. Yeah. Managing women versus men, uh, managing people who have alternative lifestyles versus, um, you know, uh, you know, what uh, you know? What's what's considered normal? I, I don't even like that word. I can't think of the right word. You know, with with the variety of types of people that we have to work with now, um, what has changed in your leadership? Yeah, persona. You know, no, that, I think that's great. You know, I, I don't know. I'm a uh, good question. I don't know that anything changed because I think the, the important for all of us as leaders is to really spend the time to get to know every individual yep. on the team, regardless of, like I said, their background, gender, diversity. Um, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got something that they're bringing to the table to add. Um, and, um, you know, I, I love, um, you know, you talked about Lincoln as a great leader. I'm very influenced by a lot of reading about um, Winston Churchill. Yeah. And he always used this idea of dinner table diplomacy to really get to know people to then ultimately try to drive change, right? Or to try to drive whatever his agenda was. Um, I'm a big fan of um, every time I've gotten a new leadership role, I get lunch and we sit down and just get to understand the person because everyone's got these unique strengths. There's all kinds of data that, you know, um, if, if we all have the same thought and this came from the same journey, we're probably not going to give the best advice, right? You, the different perspectives um, different, you know, I have colleagues who have been in industry before they came to law. That's a really inter That's a really important perspective that I don't have because I went straight into law. So um, I think it's to me, it's regardless of what your background is. It's a leader. Just get to know your team individually, one off. Um, you know, I have weekly team meetings with our executive team, but I also have scheduled time to know, get to know them one on one and know what they enjoy doing and and then trying to step into what they enjoy doing. I mean, my CFO likes to golf. I can golf okay, um, and so I'll go golf with him, whereas uh, my COO would enjoy uh, as much talking about Disney World, right? And so we talk about Disney World, and so it's knowing all those disparate, distinct um, uh, traits that can help get us better. So that's kind of how I've approached it. I don't know that I've changed anything, so I think it's just it's the same as just getting to know every individual. Um, you find that um, <clears throat> because you're trying to be a great leader <clears> – <throat> a better leader. Let's, let's yeah, just keep yeah. it that way. Right. That you, your, your last resort, I, like you won't, you don't even think about it is to get rid of somebody. Yeah. You know, and is that a problem? Because yeah, well, it really well, yeah. is the right thing for them and for you. And yet you're like, I want to be a great leader, but, and great leaders make things work and it's hard to find people. And I have this body and I should be able to work with them. And I, I can tell Tim that you're a good guy by nature. Wow. Right. Yeah. And there must right. be that conflict that goes on with you quite a bit. 
Oh, internally, it is is hard. It's among the hardest thing I've done, and um, and some of it has just come out of the necessity about what's the best interest of the organization. It really yeah. started back. I was leading a business unit back at the time of the last recession, actually through the recession. But then as the economy got better, we had really ramped up teams to help with a lot of the mortgage litigation crisis and bankruptcy. And we just had to let people go. It just was. uh, And so that was something I didn't want to do it, but we just needed to do it as the economy shifted, the practices did. So that that helped build a little bit of a muscle. It's never easy for me, but I could see um, just treating people with respect, dignity, allowing them to um, you know, have, uh, they can give the message about why they're leaving, even given some time for that in space. I think that's a way to do it. But then now in this role as CEO, there have been instances where some of our top producers, um, have just been really, um, challenging to our culture of trying to, um, work together, trying to treat people, treat people with respect. Uh, and we've had to let some of our top performers go. Um, and that's been hard, not only because it's going to be a revenue hit, um, but uh, it's also just the personal involved. Now, I've usually will have spent a lot of time investing in the people when there's been challenging things around culture or maybe not acting the best around others and how they treat people. Um, you know, I'll try to build um, uh, like a pathway for them to get better. Maybe that's through coaching or through counseling or trying to understand that. Um, and if they're not willing and open to that and then the problems persist, we've had to let people go. And again, we try to do it with dignity. Uh, let them be the ones who say, yeah, I'm leaving to pursue other opportunities. Um, but you have to do it. It's the, I mean, and it's the best um, interest of the organization. So that is a piece of leadership, um, no matter what the size of your company, you just have to deal with it. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I tell you, well, what the heck's that sound? Do you hear that? Oh, man. Uh, it's just really okay. There it goes. It went away on my end. Sorry about that. Um, I I think I was the worst leader for like five years. I think I was really really bad. Um, and I just but I'm working on it. Um, you think you're a really bad leader from the very beginning? Listen, um, we're going to have to wrap this up. Or I know I think I'm having some audio problems, um, but let me uh, just wrap this up. I, unfortunately, we have some issues here. Um, I just want to thank Tim uh, Lupinacci from Baker and Donaldson for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please give us a review if you like today's podcast or any of the other ones, as long as it's five stars. It helps us get the word out. 
And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's fscreditline.com. Tim, if everyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yes. Great. I appreciate it. That's awesome. All right, everybody. Again, I want to thank you. I think the, the, the takeaway that we should all have from today was that we really should just keep working on being better leaders. I think that's one of the key ingredients in successful um, business. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Take care of yourself, too.